0: Welcome to Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. We're coming to you from the legendary Beehive studio. I'm Jessica Much Mackay. I'm Benedict Collins. And we've had a little bit of a hiatus over the last couple of weeks. Um, We've been a bit all over the place with Christchurch, so we thought we'd come in um, fresh with it after a little bit of a break. Sorry for our regular viewers. Um, And let's start off with our... Pits and our peaks. Shall we start off with our peaks? Yeah. Yeah. Why not?
1: So my peak is going back a couple of weeks now, but on the um, uh, day of the uh, on the Christchurch terror attack earlier that day, I'd been assigned to um, uh, cover the schools climate strikes. um, Where thousands and thousands of students from around Wellington came to Parliament and and all over the country, the scenes scenes were repeated, and. um, So anyway, one of the cameramen in the office had a great idea of taking a GoPro out and giving it to um, one of the students who was, you know, coming to Parliament and, um, and getting sort of live footage from throughout the crowd. I thought, oh, cool, cool, cool. So we shot out uh, and met the students as they were coming down um, Lambton Key towards Parliament, and I found a really nice high school girl who was, like, really good talent that I did a quick interview with. I said, hey, could you take the GoPro? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. So she took the GoPro... And um, that was all good, so we, we kept on doing our thing. And then we got up to Parliament, and I realised there was, I don't know, several thousand students. And I had no idea who I'd given the GoPro to, because so many people this were isn't... in school uniforms. And I was starting to think this is going to be a little bit awkward, having to <laughs> you know, Go call back. the bosses and say, uh, I'm not too sure where the GoPro went. Long story short, after a good 15, 20 minutes of hunting through the crowd, I found the um, the girl who had taken the GoPro. Thank you very much. We got it back. But as things transpired that day, um, the, the story never actually made it to you because obviously that afternoon um, the terror attacks happened and, and that yeah. was our sole coverage.
0: And it's funny how... Um, in. I mean, the moral of the story for that, festival is either give her your card or perhaps yeah, phone yeah, number yeah, yeah, next time. Yeah. But, you know, you can work yeah, on that.
1: People did ask why I didn't do yeah. This. yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in hindsight, maybe next time. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, yeah, and that's the thing with those. And, and you edited that, you know, you got that story right together and, and we weren't sure until quite late in the day probably, whether it was going to run or not. Yeah, and probably a
1: quarter of an hour before 6 o'clock, I think. Yeah. They made this story now. No, yeah, no, and, no, and, no,
0: no, no, and no. we ended it. up mm. doing live coverage from, what, about 3 o'clock yeah. right through... Um, I think we went through to about ten o'clock that night, and yeah. it just i think it's it's perhaps a signal of how the story grew, and you knew that it was a big story, but you just we weren't quite sure how dominant it was until um a couple of hours in i guess yeah um but yeah, and also I guess a, a shame in that way for those students um not to get their story a, across as well, you know on no. a obviously a a major tragedy, and that's that's how things. That's how things happen. But um, it's sad because it was a big story. Yeah. Um, yeah. My peak was um, I had one of those sort of pinch yourself moments. I was We were flying out of Christchurch and um, we got to interview the Prime Minister live and we were standing um, on the tarmac and, and the f four seven five seven 757 was in the background and kind of doing this one-on-one with the prime minister live into our show, which we don't get to do very often, and just kind of with all the chaos and everything going on, you kind of have one of those pinch yourself moments where you're like, "This is this. It feels so surreal that you have you know the air force in the background and the the planes warming up and the PM and her security and her um, uh, press secretaries, and it just feels like a scene from a movie. That sometimes I think you kind of you forget what we do and what we're doing. And I just thought that was a moment that I thought, oh yeah, what we're doing is really important. And um, it just felt good to be able to give people that direct live access to the prime minister with some of those questions that they had. So um, yeah, that was, that was my peak of sorts um, over the last couple of weeks. My pit relates also to Christchurch. I went down a couple of times with the prime minister um, in that first week and there was obviously a lot of media attention, especially as the week went on, flying in from other countries. And I just found um, the way that they approached the stories, not all of the international media, obviously, um, but some of them just really aggressively and without a huge amount of respect for the people around them. Like um, doing
1: live crosses? Yeah, like us? doing
0: cr- live crosses in in a school assembly where the kids are sitting right in front of us and, you know, they're distracted by the reporters. And I just... It, what I guess frustrated me was that it felt like it reflected badly on media, and you wanted—I almost felt like saying—I wish people would wear like a big T-shirt with their national flag on it, so that <laughs> members of the public knew that they weren't part of the New can, Zealand media. If but, you could
1: tell the Australian and the New Zealand flags apart,
0: this is true. Yeah. This is true. But I just—it was a bit frustrating with just a couple of individuals. Um, I just felt weren't super reflect respectful of of that and. um you know, I know that media get a bad rep sometimes, but I feel like as a whole, you know, we try and we try to. And um, I just noticed quite a big difference. So, yeah, I felt that felt like that was a bit disappointing.
1: Yeah. And I guess I'll cheat for my pit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take another peek. And that was the performance of our, our journalists down in Christchurch following the um, mm. attack. Like up up in Wellington, you're, you're a bit removed. And we're cu- I was covering a lot of the press conferences, the prime minister here giving us updates. You know, and that was tough enough. Those guys, um, you know on the street outside those mosques, just doing hour after hour after hour of live crosses into the yeah, you know, into the bulletins, day after day. I just thought it was outstanding.
0: Really world class, eh, just yeah, the and, way and, that they handled it. Yeah,
1: and you know, dealing with people who are coming out of those mosques who've been shot, mm-hmm. all that emotion just I thought mm. was yeah.
0: Well because it's been great. such a dominant story for us, um, this is the track that I did on the on the first the day after the um, shooting on that Saturday. Um, So let's have a look at that. A message from the Prime Minister. This is not the New Zealand we know. Meeting with the Muslim community, many still reeling. Several of those gathered in this room were at the mosque during the attack. Muhammad Jama spoke to the alleged gunman as he prepared his weapons.
2: Hey, what are you doing? What's the gun? And that man, he is preparing two cameras, one camera in his pocket, in the, in the gun, gun, the big gun, he's a camera. And he says and a camera. And the gun in front of the light, the light. He is open. That time he is open this one. And the, the safety is open. doesn't say preparing. And then I say, what, what are you doing? Then he go the one step, before like this one, he said like this one. He give me like that one.
0: The Muslim leader talked of people rushing out and neighbours opening their doors to give them refuge.
2: One lady in front on the uh, uh, bathroom, uh, he is uh, fell down and the bullet in here.
0: Mr Jamal was injured when he fell. He also saw a young child covered in blood.
2: He have the, his hand. The child, three years old, and baby passed away, that person, because he is not alive. And he is crying. It's a jamai. That's the baby. After the horrors
0: of yesterday's killings, the group asked for a new place to pray and for ongoing help. We do in New Zealand have, through ACC, a form of support that ensures that over weeks, months, and years, individuals who are left with children to care for, our provided support on an ongoing basis. In a show of unity and all-of-government approach, party leaders and senior MPs flying in with the Prime Minister on the Air Force 757, something appreciated by those on the ground. It's a very hard time, but yesterday I realised that we are whanau, we are family. The Prime Minister updating media in the justice precinct, the same building in which the alleged attacker is being held. I'm also on the same building as the people who are bringing him to justice. It's the victims and their families she's more keen to focus on, on day two of this tragedy. One of the things that I wanted to point out is I think that when um, I think especially when you're reporting on this, you definitely go into work mode and and you're listening for facts and you're you're absorbing it, but it, but not in a um, not in a total way. Like I think some of the others, especially when it's your home in Christchurch. I'm I'm an Aucklander, so mm-hmm. it it wasn't home for me. Um, but I think that when I went to on that Wednesday, um, went to the flower wall, and obviously we'd seen this on TV for the last. Five nights, live coverage, I'd seen heaps and heaps of pictures. But it wasn't until I got there and you think, wow, like there's a sea of flowers. And I hadn't, you know, you look at the pictures, but you don't really look at the pictures. And being there, you think each individual person has taken down this bunch of flowers because they feel like they want to do something. And to me, that was one of those moments that you think, oh, wow, you can show people things on television, but being there was was a different thing and it made you, um, I just think for me it was a thing of, oh my gosh, yeah, this is, you know, this is a big thing for so many people. So I think that was one of the moments that stuck stuck out for me. What about you? What were your...
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, up in, Obviously, we had that coverage there, but uh, in a similar way, just looking at the number of people who turned out to the basin. Yeah. um, You know, uh, to memorials. I don't know, we've got more coming up uh, tomorrow. Mm. Last week in Christchurch, um, when they had the two minute silence, a uh, a couple of thousand people just outside the front of Parliament as well. Mm. Just sort of the whole of New Zealand saying, you know, uh, this just isn't on, you know, this isn't, you know, um, sort of who we are. Just people just sort of disgraced across the. Yeah, and with, I think. With what's gone on. Yeah, and, and
0: people want to do something. Mm. I think that's what, in these situations, you're often not sure what to do. And yeah. there isn't often a whole lot you can do if you're not in Christchurch and you don't know the people directly affected. And going out in force numbers and putting flowers down um, gives people something that they can do and something that they can show. Even at yeah. the. We went to that Kilburnie Mosque, um, which is in Wellington, and it just was covered in a sea of flowers. And. Um, there were people standing there and singing beautifully. And it was just a, really amazing um, to see that amount of emotion and, and mm. for people who who are affected on the outside. And, and across know?
1: all walks of life, right? You, yep. had, you, you had your gang members turning up, sort of offering security at the mosque yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Right across the board. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So it's been, mm. obviously it's been a big dominant um, story: Gun laws are threaded through that, and that's set to be another big thing for us for next, next week. week um, yeah. So, I think it's it's good to, especially with these podcasts, when we look back on them um, in years to come. You know, it's it's important to mark with that. This week, we did get into a few different stories, and one of the things you looked at um, was police breath testing. So, let's have a look at that. <laughs>
1: Your chances of getting asked yeah, right. this Any alcohol today? Just are tumbling. There were 350,000 fewer roadside breath tests in 2018 than the year before. That 20% drop causing alarm. The general deterrent effect or the awareness that it's not okay to drink and drive or you will be caught has gone down because it's just less tests. I don't know anyone um, in the last six months or so who's actually been breath tested. And while police back away from drink driving enforcement, the road tolls heading back On the face of it, the numbers of fatalities of drink drivers increasing. So that would make us very concerned. This is a matter of public safety. If people are out there driving drunk, then they should be stopped, they should be caught. Police claim they're targeting higher risk areas, so fewer driving, tests, but smarter we methods. They're being more targeted, but the reality is there's been a big reduction, particularly in the last year, of the number of people being breath tested, and I think that is a real concern. This victim of a drunk driver has a message for the government.
0: I actually like to see the police better resourced so that they can do their job and um, help prevent Junk driving. The
1: minister responsible for road safety, Julie Ann was quick to accuse the former national government of failing to fund road safety properly when breath testing numbers were falling under its watch. Now that numbers continue to plunge under hers, she's refusing to be interviewed. But she did issue a statement to One News saying she's concerned about the drop and will be asking for an explanation. Talk is cheap in opposition. Delivery in government's a lot harder. I'm not going to play politics and say that Stuart Nash and Julianne Genta are hypocrites, but I remind them they now have a serious duty to keep us safe. The government told it's time to walk the talk and get drunks off the road. Yeah. So what I find really interesting about this is, that in the last five years, it's fallen by over fifty percent. The number of breath tests police are taking, carrying out, um, from you know over three million down to one point four million last year. Um, so you know, and when it's falling by twenty percent a year, you start to wonder, you know, are they sort of starting to phase us out? Are they going to? you know, if it keeps falling this rapidly, soon we're only going to be doing a few hundred thousand. And people are raising that question, you know, do you lose that sort of message to society? Hey, anywhere, anytime, you can be stopped you know um driving home police of course they're turning around saying all right we've been more targeted you know we're doing them at night or by bars or in their nightclub sort of uh, that kind of argument you know targeting high risk areas um but what i kind of found fascinating about this is i've i've been doing this story every year so i asked for the figures from the year before and and it's, it's just kind of like you know a little little story that you can keep running but um so Stuart Nash, who's now the police minister, and Julianne Genter, who's minister responsible for road safety, when they were in opposition, they were furious about this. And they'd they'd call out National and they'd say, you know, it's a sign that they're not funding road, um, road safety enough and they need to be um, you know, handing out more money. And I Paula Bennett, I think was a police minister at the time, she'd refuse to be interviewed and say, oh, no, know this is an operational matter, right? Not going to be interviewed. Now that the shoe's on the other foot and uh, Nash and Genter are ministers now, not in opposition, and uh Nationals in opposition. It's all turned around. <laughs> Julian Genta doesn't want to be interviewed. Stuart Nash, no, 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 don't want to comment. Nash, and all of a sudden, hey, yeah, we're right in there, you know, yeah. raising, you know, so everything
0: totally, is cyclical in politics.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, warriors in opposition, mice in, in power power. <laughs> um, uh, sure yeah, um, but you but, can see that Benedict but things gets, have totally flipped around. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And you can see that Benedict has little pet projects that he quite <laughs> likes to um, follow up on every year. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting is the number falling so dramatically. Mm. And is that... Do you think it's a resourcing issue or do you think it's an issue where they weren't getting bang for their buck in terms of reducing the road well, toll? Or is it both?
1: Well, the road toll's been going back up, right? Yeah. And the number of people dying... Like the AA was telling us in that story that the num- number of people dying in drink-driving accidents is going up again, mm. right? Um, uh, so, whether the police felt that they were putting, you know, just
0: too many resources, re- too into it. many
1: resources, and and not, you know, having enough of an impact, mm. I don't know. Whether they're thinking, hey, we can, you know, we've got other priorities, we need to be looking to other things, you know, who, who knows exactly what their thinking is behind this dramatic drop?
0: Because I think for most of us these days, you know, you don't, especially now that when the um, limit has gone down, you get um, paranoid about it. And I think even, I, it's been years since I've done a breath test. Um, but when you do, you always get really nervous about it. Even if you've had, you know, one glass of wine or ha- haven't had anything, you, it's still, yeah, a still really terrifying. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. reminds you, you know what I mean? And maybe that's part of the, it's kind of one of those things that you think, oh, yeah, yeah last but, month I had yeah, one. And
1: and that's part of, I mean, another part of the argument around here is, to, is if, you, if you're going to reduce the breath alcohol in hmm. it, then why take away, then why dramatically reduce, you know, the, the enforcement the stick, of it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And the che- and the checking of it. Why? What's the point, you yeah. know, if, if you're going to halve that and then not do anywhere near as many tests?
0: Yeah. Well, mm. they've got a year before you do your next OIA and um, they can turn around the numbers and have a look. So ch- stay tuned. We will keep yeah. you updated on it. Indeed. Um, the other mm. big thing that's been dominating um, this week, particularly is the Prime Minister um, heading off to China at the weekend, Um Two weeks, a week and a half ago, um, we did a story on on China um, before it was announced that she was going to go. Um, So have a look at my story on this. The terracotta warriors will be thrust into the limelight again. The sculpture's the perfect backdrop for the 2019 Chinese Year of Tourism launch. After a last minute cancellation, the event is now back in the diary. The opening ceremony has been retimed and it will be held at Tapapa on the 29th of March. This was the excuse for postponing the conference last month.
1: It's a scheduling
0: issue. We've been given the reason. I need to take that at face value. Are you relieved this conference is now back on symbolically? Oh, uh, look, you know, I, I always uh, uh, explain that this was um, a scheduling issue. Uh, obviously, fantastic to know have that resolved. It was called off amidst tension between New Zealand and China. The Chinese
1: are not particularly happy about some decisions we have made but I don't think it means that the relationship is being thrown into question.
0: New Zealand is considering whether to allow Chinese company Huawei to be involved in the 5G network and this government's foreign policy has pivoted to the Pacific to combat China's influence. What's more the Prime Minister still hasn't secured a date to visit Beijing. As soon as I I have information to share with you, I will. We need some new momentum in the relationship. We need
1: some new ideas, some new thinking. Uh, That can only happen if we're visiting and talking.
0: We rely on China for tourism, jobs, and nearly $30 billion worth of two-way trade. We have a unique relationship with the superpower, one the Prime Minister hopes to foster. All right, more on that. Jessica is with us now. So the Prime Minister can't secure that China trip. How significant is that? Yeah, that's a logical next question in this story. Now the conference is back on what about a visit to China? We're sounding a bit like stuck records on this issue, asking the Prime Minister yet again when she's going to China. I asked the Prime Minister in the briefing whether she was finding it frustrating to have not secured a date yet. Her answer, no, she's still working on it. Remember, she was meant to go to China in December. That was postponed. Most Prime Ministers go to China in their first year in office. She's now 18 months in. China is a hugely important relationship for us and it's not a good look. She hasn't been able to secure a date. And obviously a few days after that story, um, we then learned that the Prime Minister is off to Beijing and it was meant to be a week-long, first of all, it was a week-long trip um, it was meant to be three cities. Um, it was meant to be a big trade delegation going as well and doing all these sideline meetings. Um, then, obviously, Christchurch happened. Um, the Prime Minister still obviously needs to go. This is a really crucial, um, important leading partner for us. But now she's just going for one day. So it's basically... Um, which which means that I am going for one day. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we are going sort of half a day ahead of her and then half a day after she leaves. But it's basically condensing everything into one day and it's she's she's got to go. It's really, really important. Um, but the but the other thing is is at this time we look to our leaders for reassurance. We look to the Prime Minister for reassurance. So I think she was very keen to emphasise that she didn't want to be out of the country. For too long.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, reporting wise, what's it, so we're only going to sort of have a day's coverage of her, of her trip there as oh, well. No, as no,
0: no, no, because of the time difference. So this is right, this is the yeah. thing with Asia. So she's there for a whole day, but because I will, so on Monday, that's her big day, um, that will, her lunchtime will be six o'clock back home. So I will be going live, it's hope. Hopefully, technology (laughs) willing. I need to. I don't want to jinx it. So, touch wood, touch wood. Um, I'll be going live from the lunch meeting that she's having. So, that will be the Monday. Then, she will carry on for another day into the evening, um, local time. And then, that will be reported for us on breakfast the next day and then the six o'clock mop up after that. So, we'll have a couple of days of coverage. um, And also, you know, ahead of her going Mm. as well, I'll do. I've interviewed a couple of people that will. We'll do sort of a preview kind of thing as well. Yeah. So, and
1: was there any thought? I don't know if you know or not. Was there any thought given to postponing it, given Christchurch and given she can only go for a day? Or? I
0: think what, and and I don't know because I obviously don't know mm. the behind the scenes and we. But she, this is. We've been pestering her <laughs> yes, about this yeah, for a yeah. long time, and and you can see it, that and big from questions raised about
1: why she hadn't gone yeah, yet. Right, um, most yeah.
0: prime ministers go in their first year. Yeah. Um, she it's now been eighteen months for her. Now, granted, she had a baby in the middle of that, and so and and when we locked in that date, President Abe then came. Um, and not not trumped us, but President Abe's visit um, was was last minute, and we then had to reschedule. So there were a couple of reasons why that didn't happen. But symbolically, we've got to get mm. we've got to get there. And I just think that a to signal our importance to the Chinese relationship, and b um, for the questions and the and the simmering tensions that have been under. Underlying our relationship, I think she needs to go. Um, whether this is an elegant solution, I don't know, or whether she perhaps should have gone for longer. Um, well, you know that's for that's probably for experts in in our diplomatic strategic relationships. Yeah, but I suppose there won't, won't be
1: much time for sightseeing.
0: No, yeah, no, outside of no, the Yeah, uh,
1: work obligations. Yeah, unfortunately
0: yeah. for everyone. Yeah, um, but I think it will be a really big trip. She's meeting with President Xi, um, so she still managed to secure that. And yep. um, Premier Lee, she's obviously met them both before, but having a state visit is very important. Um, so it will be it will be a big trip, um, and we're taking a New Zealand um, media contingent along with her as well. So that's that's happening over the weekend one to watch out for. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, that pretty much um, wraps us up. We just wanted to um, make one little note though. Um, She's refusing to come on camera, so I'll just talk about her. Simone has been um, filling in for us doing our podcast and editing our political stories um, from for the gallery um, for the last six months, um, while Adam has been on paternity leave. And um, she puts up with a, quite a lot from us um, with late edits and um, stories that don't have very many pictures and podcasts where we lose our train of thought and have to start again and um, getting the giggles and not... Uh, not being able to think of which stories we want to cover um, so we thought she deserves a nice bunch of flowers to say thank you very much for the last six months um, she'll still be loitering around so um, she, you will still be seeing her, her work on air but we just wanted to say thank you very much I feel like she said she didn't want to be come up on here but I feel like if we just did like a little swivel I feel like that would be acceptable she can't get away if we swivel let's see, let's see if Scarlett will swivel for us Oh, a slow pan as well, so (laughs) the momentum builds up. So this is Brian, (laughs) and then next to Brian is Simone. So thank you very much for the last six months. We very much appreciate it. Now, swivel back, and we will read the outro. There you go. Good work, Scarlett. So it's been great to have you with us. Um, This was Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering on One News. We're on Facebook. Twitter and on Instagram. It's available every Thursday evening on the One News Facebook page and check us out on your favourite podcasting app.